I was gonna go live like 60 seconds earlier, but I had technical difficulties. I don't know what the hell was going on. The uh, PodTrack P4 was giving me a write error, and the whole thing just kind of froze up. I had to unplug it and plug it back in like like a good uh, uh, computer science student. I don't know what the hell happened there, but anyway, it's back up. I'm here. I'm trying to close out the year with doing another episode. I'm going to try to do it more regularly next year. I've been doing I've been doing my other podcast every week. Uh, that one's been kind of tough to keep up. It's called Chasing the Yield. It's an investment podcast where I'm just kind of figuring out my own investments. And uh, I just kind of go through my portfolios and things that I've done and uh, what's performing, what's not, what's what the news is in my particular portfolio. And I do that just in order to keep up on my own stuff so I know I'm looking at it all the time uh, to keep track of it. Uh, so this one I don't do as often, but um, I would like to. I'd like to try to figure out some way to do it uh, at a specific time, but I haven't been able to do that yet. So I don't know. Anyway, this is going to be a year in review uh, of uh, 2021 was a fucked up year. Uh, You know, it's it's like uh, it was worse than 2020 in many ways because of all the crap that was being pushed on us. And it was reflected in my website because, you know, I, I, I blog for fun and I, you know, like I do this for fun, I'm not making any money off of it. By the way, I could, if you want to make a donation, I could make a few uh, bucks to help uh, fund it and keep it going. While it's not terribly expensive to do this on your own, um, you know, it does cost a few dollars. So if you get any kind of enjoyment out of this, <laughs> uh, Consider it. There's a big red donate button on my website, and you can also uh, stream uh, Bitcoin micropayments using. Because this is value for value enabled, and if you're using one of the new podcast apps that support it, you can stream Bitcoin to me or send me a boostagram with a message and a little payment. Anyway, um, sorry, I keep drinking coffee. I got to keep my my throat um, my throat lubricated. Not safe for work. Uh, anyway, 2021 was just consumed, absolutely consumed on my website. And, you know, I don't have a huge website. I just have um, just something moderate. But, um, you know, I probably get a few hundred um, views a day on different stories, depending on what, on what I've... Uh, what I've posted. Sorry, I'm distracted again. I did this the last time. Right now I'm live streaming on YouTube and I'm live streaming on Facebook and I've got too many screens open and I I get distracted looking at it. And since this is just me producing this myself, uh, there's nobody that can do switching or or, uh, looking at different things on screens, calling up different things. So... Let me just see here. I have, okay, so by far 
across my website, um, the most popular stories were on ivermectin. And one case in particular, uh, and I'm not even sure how to pronounce her name properly, Nurije Fipe. That was like the biggest one, but let me let me start. I'm trying to pull this all up here. Let me start at the at the beginning here. So, uh, of the top ten, let me see. What do I got here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, pull up the the top ten uh, stories that were on my website. And the first one is uh, was about ivermectin. Ivermectin. The headline was Ivermectin, the COVID-19 treatment you're not hearing about. And I actually posted it on December 11th, 2020. And what it was, it was the uh, C-SPAN testimony of Dr. Pierre Corey uh, in front of, I think it was a Senate committee. And um, what happened was, it was on December 8th, 2020. And here's here's my story. I, I said at a hearing of the Senate Committee on Homeland Security, Homeland Security, I still don't understand that one. Dr. Pierre Corey gave the above impassioned testimony regarding a regarding a drug called ivermectin. And what happened was, let me get in here. Our next witness is here in person, Dr. Pierre Corey. Dr. Corey is the former associate professor and chief of the critical care service and medical director of the Trauma and Life Support Center at the University of Wisconsin and recently joined the ICU service at Aurora St. Luke Medical Center in Milwaukee. He is board certified I think it's in important to medicine. Keep giving his credentials cuz he's not he's medicine. no slack. Dr. Corey has traveled across multiple states in the US to care for COVID-19 patients throughout the pandemic. He is also the president of the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, a nonprofit organization of critical care specialists led by Professor Paul Merrick. Which um, that organization uh, has been conflated with the other frontline doctors organization it's it's unfortunate that their names are similar and i don't know which one came first but uh this the uh, flccc.net uh this organization is far better far better uh you know more more data driven more um uh clinically uh their clinical experience comes into play and he was giving his impassioned plea. And then what happened was, is this is Senate testimony. So this is public information that was broadcast on C-SPAN, on cable. And YouTube took it down, you know, because it had information on ivermectin. So who knows what's going to happen to this thing that's live on YouTube right now. Uh, and he's giving his testimony. So it's public record. And yet they took it down. So... I went and downloaded it. Um, so this is on my website. Let me see here. Whose mission over the last nine months is focused on the research and development of effective yeah, I took it off a C-SPAN. COVID-19 using repurposed Let drugs. Let me see the YouTube link. Whoops. Yeah, yeah, YouTube is down still. That one, that one does not work. So he gave his impassioned plea. And this was the first I think I've I heard of the drug ivermectin. Thank you, Dr. Ryder. In this hearing, I just want to start out. I didn't think I'd have to say this, but I want to register my offense at the ranking member's opening statement. I was discredited as a politician. I am a physician and a man of science. I have done nothing, nothing but commit myself to scientific truth I like and that the he care of patients. Push back. 
and, and to hear that I'm here because of a political angle. I am not a politician. I'm a physician. I want to. So you can go, go to my website and I'll, I'll put all the links to these stories in, in my show notes so you can go review them. Uh, but that was the first one. And that testimony, that's only like 10 minutes long, at least the video that I have. Uh, let me see what the end of this is like. And the drug like. is so safe. My colleagues have talked about it. It must be instituted and implemented. I'm asking the NIH to review our I think it's just the 10 minutes of the beginning of his testimony. Okay, thank Dr. Corey, and I will, I will make you this game. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll put all this in the show notes. So that was, that was the uh, number 10 of the top 10. Then the next one is uh, the... Winnipeg chief microbiologist, uh, this is my headline, PCR test results do not verify infectiousness. Uh, and PCR tests have been controversial uh, kind of since we started this. And uh, testing in general for COVID-19 has been, or sh it should be more controversial than what it is. Because to me, honestly, what are you testing for if you have no symptoms? Getting tested just to get tested is insanity and it will not at least in my in my mind it will not stop the spread of anything just just because i test negative say i say i want to go on a trip okay i want to go you know visit some family back up in chicago and i want to get on a plane so i I'll, i go get tested i get tested tomorrow eight o'clock in the morning comes back uh you know, I don't know how long a PCR test takes. Let's say it takes, uh, takes a few days. So I go, I go get that test. I get the results after three days, and I'm clear. It's negative. Well, I could have easily come into contact with anybody that has COVID within those three days before I've even left to go to the plane. Then I go to the plane, and this is vaccinated or unvaccinated. It doesn't make a difference. So I, I, I go to get on the plane, and how many people do I have to come in contact with before I ever sit down? And then I'm sitting shoulder to shoulder with somebody flying in coach. Mask or no mask, it's not going to make a difference. If you've ever been on a plane for crying out loud, you are literally shoulder to shoulder. If you're going to catch something, you're going to catch it. It's, it's, nothing's going to help you. I don't care what they talk about with the stupid HEPA filters on the planes and how much fresh air is moved through the cabin. Anybody who's flown has known somebody blows a stinky-ass fart on the plane, whether it's one seat in front of you, two seats in front of you, behind you, whatever. You're smelling that shit for a long time. It doesn't go away very quickly. So if you're smelling that, you know, it doesn't matter how many times the air is replaced or, if, you know, fresh air is brought in, shit's going to spread you're on a fucking plane. You're in an aluminum tube. You're sitting shoulder to shoulder with people. You're not going to stop. So the testing to me is just such a waste of time unless you have some symptoms and they need to know what it is that you have in order to treat you. Other than that, there, there's no point to it. But the story I had here... Um, and I, this is what I said. I said, use of the PCR test for COVID-19 needs to stop. I think there's more than enough evidence the cycle threshold used is too high, resulting in massive false positives. Now, this from a hearing in Canada, 
As a witness for the government, chief microbiologist Dr. Jared Bullard admitted PCR tests do not detect infections well and were never intended to be used for this purpose, which is also what the uh, guy who created the test said, and which also that guy, and I can't remember his name offhand, but if you just search for it, you'll find it because he did not have kind words for Dr. Fauci. Um, in the story that was posted by JCCF, CA, Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. Um, Chief Microbiologist and Laboratory Specialist Dr. Jared Bullard is a witness for the Manitoba government in this hearing. Questioned under oath by Justice Center lawyers on Monday, May 10th, Dr. Bullard acknowledged that the PCR test has significant limitations. The head of Cadham Provincial Laboratory in Winnipeg, Dr. Bullard, admitted that the PCR test results do not verify infectiousness and were never intended to be used to diagnose respiratory illness. Dr. Bullard testified that determining whether or not a sample is actually infectious needs to be confirmed by lab culture. As noted, only 44% of the positive samples using a a CT cycle threshold of 18 returned a viable lab culture. Samples tested at a cycle threshold of over 25, according to Dr. Bullard's report, produced no viable lab cultures. Manitoba has confirmed that it utilizes cycle thresholds of up to 40, and even 45 in some cases. This indicates cases resulting from such tests are almost certainly not actually infectious. And that's been the key with these PCR tests. And even Dr. Fauci said it, um, I believe he said anything over a cycle threshold of 25 We'll find anything. We'll find if you're looking for COVID, uh, for SARS-CoV-2, you'll find it. Um, but the amount of virus and the level of an of, of a virus in your system will be so small that, um, you know, it's it, it's you're you're not infectious. You're not going to be shedding this virus. There's it's just a remnant, something that can't even do anything anymore. That was number nine. Number eight. A uh, judge ordered hospital to administer ivermectin to COVID-19 patient. This was in May, May 5th of 2021. And let's see here. I think this is the Norije Fipe story when it started. Yes. Uh, so I, I ran across this because I, I'm from Chicago and I pay attention to Chicago news still. I read the Chicago Tribune every day. But this, was, this story came out of Fox 32 Chicago. Let me check the link because links always go dead after a while. Okay, no, I do have it here. Okay, so from Fox 32 Chicago, um, the family of Norije Fipe sued in order to get them to treat their mother with ivermectin. And this is not the only one, uh, only story like this this year. It, this was the one that to me um, was a little bit more close to home because it's from my hometown or my hometown area. So the hospital refused. um, And the reason that the family wanted to give it to her because she was already on a ventilator and, you know, there was no further treatment that the hospital was going to do. They were just going to hope for the best. So her daughter wanted her to be put on ivermectin just to see what would happen because they had nothing left to lose. And let's see here. I've got the... Fox 32. Are they going to give me an ad? 
offering her nothing else. Okay, She's here been we go. sick for a month. It's two She's minutes and 32 seconds. They, they, they're not offering her anything It's else. Dr. Pierre Corey and, and to as try well, by a, the way. a highly effective and very safe medicine is reasonable. An update tonight on a story we brought you last week as a woman fights for her life against COVID. The woman's family is taking legal action to force the hospital to use an unproven treatment. Anthony Ponce has the latest on that family's fight. I Anthony. think at the time, too, the, the mRNA vaccines were unproven. Judge ordered it's only in May. Hospital to honor a family's request to treat their mother with a specific drug, but the hospital continues to refuse. The drug is called ivermectin, and some doctors say it is a highly effective COVID treatment, but it's not approved for that use yet by the FDA. At least he didn't say horse paste at the beginning out. of this, like they, they did the rest of the year. To use one of the world's safest medicines, despite the increasing amounts of evidence to show it's effective. Dr. Pierre Corey leads the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. That is a group of scientists whose studies, they say, show overwhelming evidence that ivermectin has large magnitude benefits when it comes to fighting COVID. All independent groups of scientists all concluding the same thing, is that the evidence suggests that it should be the standard of care. Ivermectin is the drug that Desi Fupe of Elmhurst wants Fupe. doctors at Elmhurst Hospital to treat her mom with. 68-year-old Noria Fupe is in a medically Fupe. induced coma. I should have listened right to now. this before, so I Late would not have pronounced week, her name. A judge ordered the hospital to administer the drug, but the family and their lawyers say the hospital continues to refuse. They're behaving indefensibly when a woman's life is in the balance. They're a hospital. We went to court. We have a judge order. This is her daughter. So you have to comply with that. I think the, the, the judge's dismay and 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 horror at what's, what they're doing matches mine. It, it's inexcusable. The FDA does have a page on its website titled Why You Should Not Use Ivermectin to Treat or Prevent COVID-19, which says that the drug has only been approved at very specific doses to treat parasitic worms and that it is dangerous at large doses. Now, for the second straight week, Elmhurst Hospital told, told Fox 32 it still cannot comment on this story due to patient privacy. So this is interesting. Meantime, lawyers for the family have filed a contempt of court motion against the hospital, which is set to go before a judge tomorrow morning. Don. So it's interesting to me because um, this is before the really big push the anti-ivermectin push came from the FDA and everybody else that wanted everybody to get vaccinated. In that report, um, there was no mention of horse paste. They weren't showing tubes of horse paste, uh, you know, and it wasn't pushed because uh, I guess they, they just didn't get the memo yet. It didn't come out yet. It wasn't that dangerous. Court, maybe there weren't that many court cases that were succeeding. Uh, the next story up is, uh, it was an update on this story, and I posted it on May 28th. Uh, Nurije Fupe, I guess, now that I've heard the story, health her, her health continues to improve. So they did get the ivermectin uh, administered eventually. An outside doctor had to come in and do it. The hospital itself wouldn't do it. Uh, let's see here. So after her first dose, her ventilator was reduced from 75% to 65%. And she immediately, almost immediately started to improve. And so then on May 28th, when the next story came out, um, her daughter, Desirita Fupe, 
uh, gave an update that her mom had her trachea done yesterday and the surgery went well. Thank God she looks stable but in pain. They're trying to get her off sedation slowly, praying for everything to go smoothly. So she started uh, improving, and that's just a few weeks. Uh, so let's move forward. Okay, my next most popular story was Afghanistan. August 21st, 2021, my headline was, Now We Know Why There Are So Many American Citizens in Afghanistan. It was really just a post, a reposting of a Scott Adams comic, uh, Robot Read News, Robots Read News. And the joke was, let's see, our investigative reporters tracked down the Americans living in Afghanistan to find out why they are there. It turns out they all left California seeking a higher quality of life. American paratroopers tried to forcibly make them return to California, but the expats fought them to a draw. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, might not be too far from the truth, really. Okay, the next story up is, uh, was about Dr. Fauci, the New York Times, and the PT PCR tests. Uh, so here's, uh, okay, it wasn't 25 cycle threshold, it was 35. So, let's see here. So this was, uh, this was also November 1st of 2020 that I originally posted this, but, um, it came up here. Let's see, one, two, three, four. So this is the, um, number five, story number five. So it's still was popular or more popular even than some others um, because uh, here's the way it goes. I said, I said in July this year, uh, Dr. Fauci was on a podcast where they talked about the PCR tests, which are so beloved by the news media and how a positive test using a, th a cycle threshold of greater than 35 is essentially worthless. Now this is from a tweet. Let me see if the tweet, I did not, I did not embed the tweet. Why? I don't know. Let's see if it's still here. No, the tweet is now from a suspended account. So that one is dead. That link is dead. And I should have saved the recording because it had him on from the podcast talking about this. Uh, so then I, I went on to say, then in August of this year, New York, the New York Times ran a story about how 90% of the PCR tests, of the positive PCR tests they analyzed, were run at a cycle threshold of 37, which meant that 90% of the confirmed cases had levels of the virus that were not transmissible. And quoting the story, um, I pulled out some quotes. It said, the, the PCR test samples genetic matter from the virus in cycles. The fewer cycles required, the greater the amount of virus or viral load in the sample. The greater the viral load, the more likely the patient is to be contagious. The number of amplification cycles needed to find the virus, called the cycle threshold, is never included in the results sent to doctors and coronavirus patients, although it could tell them how infectious the patients are. In three sets of testing data that include cycle thresholds compiled by officials in Massachusetts, New York, and Nevada, up to 90% of the people testing positive carried barely any virus, a review by the Times found. On Thursday, the United States recorded 45,604 new coronavirus cases, according to a database maintained by the Times. If the rates of contagiousness in Massachusetts and New York were to apply nationwide, then perhaps only 4,500 of those people may actually need to isolate and submit to contact tracing. <sighs> That's a mouthful. Okay, so let me see if that link is still there. Yeah, that link is still live. It's still good. Um, I've already reached my limit of free articles. So let's see here. This was dated August 29th, 2020, the 
uh, author of this story is Apoorva Mandavili. Mandavili. I apologize if I mispronounce that. Um, so that's the New York Times. So you have Dr. Fauci talking about the cycle threshold, anything above 35 being worthless. And then the New York Times reporting that the cycle threshold for the PCR tests that they analyzed were being run at 37. So what was, what was the point here? The, you know, why would they run the test so, so, so many cycles to make it so sensitive? You know, what was the agenda? Next story up uh, was I published it June 19, 2021. And it was another update on Nurije Fupe, um, said that she continued to improve. Um, I What I did was I took a look at her daughter's Twitter account and discovered that she had some good news, that she continued to improve and move on to a new treatment to aid in her recovery. Um, without that judge ordering her to be treated with ivermectin, you know, maybe she would not have recovered at all. We don't know, obviously, because you can't prove the negative. But obviously she wasn't improving without it. Uh, the news media kind of dumped her story, especially the Chicago news media. It gets mentioned every now and again now, but it doesn't really get covered much uh, as a COVID success story. She did have a GoFundMe uh, to help with their medical expenses and maybe legal expenses. And I don't think it did that well, but um, if everybody that looked at this story just um, posted a dollar, she probably would have uh, done well over... Um, what she should have oh shoot see i'm doing this stupid thing live and i forgot to switch to the stories so uh if you are watching this on youtube you got nothing out of it you're just looking at my my uh logo it's a good thing not that many people uh look at this uh let's see where am i Oh, you know what? I even have the wrong, I have the wrong browser. I've, <laughs> I didn't even prepare this properly. This is for, uh, the stupid thing that it's looking at is for my other podcast. So I got to get rid of that. Sorry, here's some static. Let me pull up the proper app window. Ay ay ay. Uh, let's see. Let's try this one. There we go. Now it's in the right place. Okay. Hi. The worst podcast in the universe. All right, next story up, number three. It was Dr. Pierre Corey against again being very passionate about uh, ivermectin, and he laid the smackdown on the FDA's lies about ivermectin. So this was posted August 27, 2021, and I got a picture of my own personal box of ivermectin that I received. Uh, I said, in a short series of tweets, Dr. Pierre Corey corrects the lies the FDA is peddling about ivermectin. Why is the FDA able to, dis to disseminate such disinformation about a drug that's been around forever, proven to be safe for humans, and won the Nobel Prize for treating disease in humans? So um, what happened was, is the FDA, let's see, did I put that here? I've got links to theirs. Um... What did I do with the FDA story? I can't remember now. 
but the FDA basically came out and was talking about everybody taking horse paste and warning against people to take to stop taking horse paste. And Dr. Puri went on a little Pierre Corey went on a little uh, Twitter rant where he just kind of dissected everything. And he said, tragic levels of absurdity rise ever higher. Media keeps saying ivermectin is for animals when it won the Nobel Prize for globally solving two endemic diseases in humans. The USDA tells jokes and lies where uh, while cases explode and people are dying. Horse joke, not funny, you jackasses. <laughs> uh, he's hilarious. So let's see. Line number one was ivermectin, actually one of the safest meds in history. Line number two, actually not one, uh, actually not one proven death from ivermectin ever, overdose or not. Line number three, the FDA says do not use in COVID, but admit we haven't reviewed the data. Uh, line number four, we don't need your fucking approval to prescribe. It's called off-label use and thousands are prescribing. So um, he's been on this crusade. And it's not necessarily just for ivermectin because the FLCCC um, has revised their protocols a few times this past year um, when it comes to treatment either, either uh, for prevention or uh uh, for, uh, if you, if you have COVID, if you've tested positive or you're feeling sick, they have a different protocol for, um, actually being sick versus trying to prevent being sick. And they, they've changed that up. So number two, um, was another update on Nurije Fupe slowly improving after court ordered, uh, Illinois hospital to administer ivermectin. So this was again, another update on her as she started to improve. I think the, the sequence in, in uh, people um, reviewing uh, or you know going through this um, are kind of out of order, but this is the way that they looked at them. I was a little ticked off because the reporter, John Kyleman, um, I tweeted at him if there was a response and if, if he found out if there was any further information. He responded to me and said he didn't have an update because... It's not in the court system, so there was no public information. Um, and he replied to me publicly. It wasn't like a direct message or anything. So um, I went and I just tweeted to the daughter myself, and I just asked if there was an update, you know, that people were very interested in her mother's story. And she responded to me and, you know, gave me the update that she was improving. So I sent an email back to... Uh, the reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and told him, hey, this is the update, which he never bothered to to report on at all, and apparently just never, you know, um, contacted them again after his initial story. But what happened was, um, after I did that, and I responded back to the reporter, all this stuff was public, um, he deleted the tweet, the original tweet. And I don't know why he would uh, delete the tweet because it was all public. Let me see. Let me go back to that. I've got mine. i got one reply. Yeah, see, his reply to me is gone. So that one is gone. But they, they just basically wanted to ignore it. But it didn't go away because there were other stories about ivermectin and lawsuits and success. 
over in 2021. So the number one story that I had was, again, Nerije Fupe, and it was just that she got out of the hospital and returned home. And that was uh, July 4th that I posted this, and her daughter uh, tweeted that out on July 2nd. Um, so my entire year in review was Nerije Fupe and ivermectin and COVID-related stories. Um, I'm hoping 2021 doesn't go down this path, uh, cause it's, it's really tiring. I'm sure, you know, I know everybody's sick and tired of this shit, but I, you know, I feel, I definitely feel, you know, you can feel a little bit of looseness in the corners of this. You can get a sense that uh, there's a significant portion of the American population, at least, that, you know, are increasingly getting sick of it. What it leads to, I don't know. And, I, you know, I get the feeling that 2022 is going to be our inflection point year. Either we continue down this path of nonsense, where at, at, the, at every single little report of some virus that the governments are going to go into this panic mode of lockdown, masking, and uh, vaccination. The door's been opened. This isn't, you know, 1918 anymore. This is 2021, and the methods for contacting people is immediate. In 1918, it took a while for people to figure things out and to find out the news. There are direct pipelines in the people's brains right now. People, you know, um, and I'm not just talking about regular people. I'm talking about the, the government and the media um, have a direct pipeline into people's brains. There was a story in the, in the Wall Street Journal about TikTok. Uh, let me find it. Let me go find this. And the, the basis of the story was that... Um, Teens, I guess in particular, where the heck is it? I, I didn't blog it this morning either because it's Christmas, so I've been just doing other things. What the heck? That should not be playing whatever that's playing. Let's mute that tab. What the heck was playing? <laughs> I don't know, it just started pumping through my headphones. Uh, anyway, it was, it had to do with, uh, teens watching TikTok and they're getting convinced that they have some mental disorders that they don't really have because the algorithm for TikTok is once you start watching one type of video, it just keeps feeding you those videos over and over and over and over again. Uh, and so consider that, consider that same, um, that same problem, but applied towards vaccines and COVID and masking with people constantly telling you that you're killing other people by not putting on a mask, that you're killing other people by not getting vaccinated. Um, here's, here's a story. Uh, Michaela Schifrin's positive COVID test shows threat to Olympic stars. Uh, you know, 
there's Elon Musk chatting away. Where's the TikTok story? Ay, ay, ay. Well, I should learn learn my lesson and blog the things when I find them. But so if if teenage, you know, and it was mostly teenage girls that was in the story, you know, like with uh, Instagram giving them poor uh, body image, I guess. Um, so this is happening to adults as well. Adults that consume too much cable TV news, uh, too much network news, too much uh, of the echo chamber that is social media, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Your your brain um, can't handle it, and if you're not if you're if you don't want to think critically or question or skeptic be skeptical about everything that you're that you hear even things that you that you believe to be true you have to be skeptical about it and it's not like you're gonna you know have proof for absolutely everything that you believe you know some things can't be proven or you know there just simply isn't enough information yet but you can think critically about it and use some common sense and if we just would have applied some of that this year, I think we would have been out of it. Not only that, but if Trump would have just shut his mouth and would have won re-election and the Senate didn't fall to you know being a 50-50 split, I think we would have already been out of this. Because really, this is just a psychosis that's happening right now. And mass the the, the phrase mass formation is being thrown about, but really, I don't I don't think it's mass formation. There, I don't think there's any real uh, organized effort. You know, I think this is a problem that people have been primed for this for decades, and with the rise of celebrity culture, follow the experts culture follow the science, the science is settled. You know, this has to do with climate change as well. That people were primed. They were primed to just go along. They're, you know, and what's happening now with the news and with government is that they're pitting people against each other. And if that doesn't stop, things are not going to go well. That's why I think 2022 will be the inflection point. Now, I've got trips set for 2022. I, w- I was thinking people were going to come to their senses in 2021, and uh, I, you know, my wife and I can go start traveling again. So we had plans to go to Italy in June and uh, Paris in late September. The trip to Italy is probably going to be put off or canceled because... Europe is crazier than the United States. You know, they're 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 throwing down lockdowns and restrictions at the drop of a hat. You know, like with the Omicron variant problem where France started restricting people coming in from the UK. Now, I'm not coming in from the UK, you know, I'd be coming from the United States, but the last thing I want to do is travel to a foreign country and then have the protocols change and I can't get home. You know, whether it's they changing changing in the United States or changing overseas. I can't get home. And I am right now, I am unvaccinated. I have no plans to get vaccinated because I'm in a low-risk group. 
you know, I feel that at least right now, you know, that there would be more risk to me from taking an experimental vaccine than there would be from catching COVID. I don't have any of the comorbidities that I have normally, at least in the last two years that we know of now, contribute to severe COVID and death. I'm not obese. I don't have type 2 diabetes, and I'm not over 70 years old. You know, so I'll, I'll take my chances. It's like getting in a car and driving. You have to assess your own risk. So 2022, do, do you make resolutions? I don't make resolutions. And the reason is, is because I feel if you're going to do it, you're just going to do it. You don't need uh, a new year, a new week, a new month uh, to get started. You don't have to, you know, I'm going to wait until Monday and start. If you really want to do it, you'll just do it. And you, you don't need any of that stuff. So I never make resolutions. I don't, I don't believe in them. I think they're a waste of time. It's people seem to have a need to fluff themselves up. So that to me is what, uh, resolutions are. They're fluffers. Don't Google fluffers. If you've never heard the term before. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully things get better because we're all tired of it. I would like to take the trip with my wife so we can, uh, do what we planned on doing and we can get back to a normal, a normal mode. Uh, go ahead and visit the, the website, kevinbay.com. Take a look at the show notes where I've got links to, uh, the donate button and stuff pertaining to podcasting 2.0 and value for value. Uh, if you heard that, that's my dog scratching. Uh, but if I don't podcast again this week, which I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do. This one's kind of long, 43 minutes. I don't normally yammer on for this long. Uh, you know, I've been toying around with the idea of maybe just doing it daily and just doing something quick, five, 10 minutes, you know, in and out. And then with a, you know, recap or maybe put the whole thing together at the end of a week for, you know, one long podcast. I don't know. I'll toy with it. That's, that's my new year's resolution. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I got.